Just like an actual toolbox, you need to have a variety of financial tools at your disposal so your retirement portfolio can handle any situation that comes your way. Scott Searles is a certified wealth strategist and the CEO of Skybox Asset Management. He can help you build a solid financial plan that will stand the test of time. This is the Retirement Toolbox Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Retirement Toolbox. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Scott Searles, financial advisor at Skybox Asset Management. Hey Scott, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great, Walter. How about yourself? Glad to hear that. I am well dealing with a, a ruptured eardrum, interestingly enough. So that's been a bizarre experience the last couple of weeks dealing with that. Something I would wish on not even my worst enemy. It's not a fun thing to deal with. It's kind of bad in this line of business too, you know, being in audio and hosting. kind of need your ears. From time to time. Absolutely. And I, I imagine it's quite painful, too. Yeah, it was. it's not now. Now I'm in better shape now. But when it was uh, infected and then blew out the eardrum initially, yeah, there was a lot of pain and discomfort with that. But I have most of the hearing back now, and I think I'm on the mend. So hopefully we stay in good shape here over the next month or two and back to complete normal. But it was weird only having about half of my hearing there for a while. Do you like ice that? Will that make it better? They say a warm compress was prescribed to potentially make it better. I'd say that it provided some immediate relief, like while it was on the ear. But as soon as it started to cool off or you took it off, then it was right back to being painful again. So I don't really feel like that helped very much. So it was mostly ibuprofen helped a lot and then some antibiotics. That was the ticket. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're on the mend. Yes. Thank you very much. I am feeling, feeling much better. How about you? What's going on in your world? We're talking, I just thought about icing your ear. And uh, <laughs> the other day I had shaved ice. I don't know if you've ever tried now, this, but now I, I just I, Now you're incorrect. I, I believe it's, and there's a commercial about this too, where they shave ice, right? It's not shaved oh. ice. It's shave ice. At least if we're talking to like the true Hawaiian kind. Yeah, I think it is, but whatever. All I know is they scrape and they shave ice, and there it is. So you can call it whatever you want. I just don't get it. There's no nutritional value to this. It's frozen water and sugary syrup. I had it the other day the first time, and it's just not my thing. Now, did you have it in Hawaii, or you, you had it in, in the States? Or Well, Hawaii no. is the States, not to sound like an idiot, but you know what I mean. If you, continental. <laughs> 48. <laughs> yeah, I had it right here in Strongsville. Okay. So a little, little Hawaii right here in town. But um, yeah, they opened up a place over here and I tried it and it's just... It probably yeah, just didn't it, have the true Hawaiian style shave ice. Like, you know, it's all about the shavings. How thin can they get them? Because then they're like really creamy. So I've had shave ice in Hawaii and it's a totally different ballgame. It's like creamy ice. It's something, it's really amazing and quite delicious. Well, you know what? Maybe, maybe so. And, you know, they put ice cream in the middle of this too, if you want to. They yes. put like a thing of ice cream in it. Uh-huh. Or in a bunch of different toppings and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, you know what? Apparently a lot of people like it. Yeah. I think the, uh, not to get too far down the ice cream and dessert rabbit hole here, but have you tried the rolled ice cream lately? That seems to have been over the last year or two kind of the big thing as well. Yeah, you know what? Actually, just a few months ago, we tried some of that rolled ice cream. And, you know, again, you know what? The rolled ice cream was not creamy ice cream. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a different it's kind of ice cream. Yeah, it's like a, it's kind of like a, almost frozen yogurt, how it's like, this is good because it's cold, but it's icy more than it is uh, creamy. Yeah, and, and you know, that wasn't my thing either. Mm -hmm. Maybe I just, I don't like ice. I've tried a bunch of different types of ice cream, and 
it had been a while since I finally had just truly had a nice bowl of ice cream or cup of ice cream or whatever. And we were at the beach down in South Carolina for a vacation a couple of weeks ago back in July. And there was a little ice cream shop that was near the beach. And we just walked over there and it was just good old fashioned, what kind of ice cream you want, two scoops in a cup and you're done. And it was the best ice cream I've ever had. And I'm wondering if it's just because I've had so much of this sort of like knockoff fake ice cream that finally getting back to the real deal, back to basics. Oh, it hit the spot. It was amazing. You know, I love real, real good creamy ice cream too. My favorite's butter pecan. Oh, see, yeah, okay. I'm not a butter pecan fan, but yeah. I'm just heavy chocolate. Anything chocolate is going to be up my alley. I can't do too much chocolate. Yeah. I, I like a little bit of chocolate, but it just becomes too rich for me. Too rich. Yeah. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. Well, very cool. It's, hey, back to basics sometimes is the way to go, isn't it? And it may be true with ice cream, it sounds like. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Not to knock uh, knock down the, the novelty of the rolled ice creams and the shave ices of the world, but sometimes you just got to get back to basics. And we're going to do that a little bit on our show today, in fact. We'll stop talking about about ice cream here, but uh, we're going to get back to basics and talk about some of the things that you might want to think about doing over the second half of the year. We, you know, we're past the halfway point of 2019. We're into the third and fourth quarter, kind of entering into our mindsets now. And as we get to this part of the year, there's a couple of financial planning items you might want to do a quick checkup on, especially if you're a retiree or approaching retirement in the next couple of years. Some of these things will help make sure you stay on the right financial track. So are you focusing on the right financial things? We'll talk about that coming up in just a second. We're also going to answer a question from Howard over in Cleveland Heights. A little uh, teaser of that. Howard's got a question about um, needing income from investments and some questions about dividend paying stocks as well. So we're going to dive into that a little bit later on and a little bit more on the agenda for today as well. But let's start with that third and fourth quarter planning to-do list, Scott. We've got six tips for things to be looking out for right now as we enter the second half of the year. Interested to get your thoughts on these things, why they're important, and how we should go about checking in on these things. First one is to evaluate uh, IRA and or Roth contribution options. Now, I thought that's a tax time thing. Why would that be a mid-year checkup item? Well, you know, one of the things is you can make those contributions all the way actually up to April 1st of the following year. So for instance, in 2019, you can make a contribution up to April 1st of 2020 for the previous year, but it's all based on income. And then also, if you're looking at doing conversions, you have to have that conversion done by the end of the calendar year. Unfortunately, that kind of gets some people in a bit of a pickle because you don't really know what you're income truly may be, and maybe you're right up close to another income bracket and you're not quite sure how much you want to convert and you have to have it done by the end of the year and you can't go back and change it anymore like you used to. And, you know, I'm a big fan of the Roth. Those of you that have been listening to for the show for a while. You know, you can put up the $6,000 if you're under age 50, you can go up to seven if you're over 50, but there's income limits on that too. And you know, that's another thing that you always need to be conscious of when you're making those Roth contributions. Uh, you can go up $203,000 if you're a joint filing jointly, you can go up to 137 if you're single. There's a little bit of a phase out before that. So it, like at 193 to 203, they start limiting you. But yeah, you should definitely look and at least know what your options are and kind of have a plan. Even if you're not going to convert, if you're waiting to make contributions, at least you kind of know what you're doing. Plus a lot of people go into their tax guy right on February 1st when they're all you know ready to go and hand in all their stuff to their tax guy 
so they should say, hey, I'm going to make a contribution to my Roth or my IRA. The IRA is going to reduce the taxes, but the Roth wouldn't. So, uh, you know, you definitely should have that stuff kind of planned out at the end of the year. Yeah, it's a good uh, good point, but to better to start planning in advance than waiting to the last minute on some of these things. Probably would apply to this next item as well. Item number two on our checklist is to look for opportunities for charitable donations to increase tax deductions. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot, some people are going to be charitably minded and they, they're giving every week to their church, they're doing whatever. And some people aren't. Some people really don't ever care to donate to any charities. And everybody's going to have, have a different thought on that. But for everybody that wants to make those charitable deductions, you have to have those done by the end of the year. So now that we're coming up in third, fourth quarter, you know, we need to kind of evaluate how much you're going to give or how much have you give. You need to be able to keep track of receipts. <laughs> I have an interesting story. I had a client of mine come in. Well, actually, when he was first becoming a client, and he is an engineer and he's very analytical. And he had all these spreadsheets of every penny that he donated to different places. He had all these receipts scanned into his computer and like printed out in this little summary. And man, if that guy ever gets audited, he's got it covered. <laughs> That's good to hear. <laughs> but you know, even beyond just those little normal donations that, that you're going to make, you definitely do want to keep track of everything. Maybe not to the extent that he did, but you know, there's other opportunities like gifting highly appreciated stocks. Maybe you've got you know shares of XYZ company that you bought at $2 and now it's $10. And you know you can donate that to charity and be able to get the tax deduction. And the charity's not going to have to pay the capital gains tax on that. Also, you can make charitable contributions out of your required minimum distributions from your IRA. Now, those need to be made during you know the calendar year. So you can plan ahead and instead of taking that required minimum distribution out of that IRA, paying taxes on it, you can actually donate that to the charity and then yourself nor the charity would pay taxes on that. Interesting. So there's uh, definitely some good opportunities to do those items. Uh, start planning for them now, though, and not at the end of the year. Because this one, unlike the first one, Scott, where you actually do have until tax time to make some of those contributions and decisions, it would be calendar year, right? By the end of the year, you've got to decide on, on some of these things. Yeah, absolutely. Because you can't make a charitable contribution in January and say, oh, I meant to do it last year. You, gotcha. you got to have it done by the end of the year. Item number three on the checklist is to offset gains with losses in your investments. This is one that I think for a lot of people is hard to kind of wrap your head around. Why would I want to take losses? Well, you know, we do this with our clients every year and you, everybody listening should be doing this every year because if you have stocks or different investments, mutual funds, ETFs, whatever the case may be, and you've had them for a while, they might very well have huge gains build up in them. And sometimes like for instance, in a stock, you may have held this thing for quite some time. It's become a bigger and bigger and bigger portion of your portfolio and you really want to slim down that position a bit. But if you do that, you have to pay capital gains tax on that gain. Well, when you go and you look through your portfolio, more often than not, you're going to have a diversified portfolio. So you're going to have a lot of different investments. Some are going to be up and some are going to be down. If you sell some of those securities that you have that are at a, a loss, in other words, you you know, you bought it for 10 grand, it's at nine. You can sell it for nine grand and you can use that loss to offset any gains that you've accumulated on other securities. So that may give you an opportunity to maybe trim back that big, large position a little bit and not have to pay any taxes at all. So harvesting is definitely a, a good idea 
come to, into the year, especially if your income's over 39,375 single or 87,750. I don't know how they came up with these numbers joint <laughs> because that's those are the points when you start paying capital gains tax. Below there, it really doesn't matter. You can just sell whatever you want as long as you stay underneath those income limits. And as a little uh, asterisk next to this, always make sure you consult with your tax advisor before you commit one way or another. I know we work very closely with our clients' tax advisors to make sure we're always on the same page with this kind of stuff. Yeah, that's a great, great point about that. So increasing uh, your opportunities by offsetting gains with losses in your investments, definitely something to consider as you near the end of the year. In the second half of the year, look at where your winners and losers might be and talk with a financial professional about the right actions to take there. Also on the list is to get updated estimates on retirement income streams. This would include things like your pension, social security, things like that. Yeah, you should be doing this every year when you reevaluate and you review your financial plan. You should get those updated numbers. Social Security is going to change because you've got new earnings that are going into those calculations. You know, if you are indeed older and, and you're past full retirement age, you know, you're, you're going to have adjustments there as everything goes up. So you want to update that in your financial plan. Pensions, things can change with them. Unfortunately, sometimes not so good things can change with the pensions. So again, you want to just have those updated numbers, get in the plan, and then that way you know exactly where you stand if you, know, you decide you're at the point where you, you want to hang it up and sit at the beach all day long. Yeah, that's a great point. And your income is the foundation. It's the most important part of the planning process as you look toward the future. So that should certainly be something you're checking in on uh, at least once a year as you get closer and closer to retirement. Make sure things are as expected. And if they've increased or decreased, that would tell you some clues about some other things that might need to happen with your plan. So that's definitely one thing you're going to want to check in on frequently. Create a plan or a schedule to be debt-free if you haven't done one already. That would be a great great thing to do right now before the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, it's good for everybody, no matter how much, how old you are, you want to be able to get rid of that debt. Living debt-free and not having those extra payments every month is great, you know, no matter what stage of life you're in, but especially in retirement, that is something you really want to get rid of the, those payments when you're on a fixed income. You know, if you know you've got X amount on your house, you got these credit cards, you got whatever that you're paying on monthly now, work with somebody or do it yourself to get yourself a plan so when you come to that retirement date, when you're ready to start going on to a fixed income, that you don't have any of those extra expenses. And that's just planning ahead. You know, usually it's tough for people to do it and say, well, I'm going to retire in three months. And you know, you got this debt you got to take care of. It's a little harder to do it on a shorter time period. So the sooner you do it and you kind of get everything laid out and you know where you're at, you can start whittling away at it little by little until you can eventually, you'll get that all taken care of. We're having a good time walking through all these different third and fourth quarter planning to-do list items. Last one on the list for now, Scott will be rebalancing your portfolio to be sure that you're as diversified as you need to be. A lot of financial buzzwords in that one, rebalancing and diversification. Yeah. And, and just to make it a little bit simpler there is that most portfolios are going to consist of stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. Well, on the surface, over time, you would think that the riskier or the stocks are going to grow more than the bonds and obviously the cash inside the portfolio. So what eventually happens over time if you don't rebalance is the stock portion gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger portion of that portfolio. And the stocks are going to be riskier 
than the bonds and the, the cash in theory. So what happens to your portfolio over time? As those stocks grow, your portfolio gets riskier, riskier, and riskier. So you might very well be out of whack to what your risk tolerance is and what you're trying to do with your investments. And you don't want to wait until there's a market correction or a lot of volatility in the market to rebalance yourself back to your appropriate risk level. Because at that point, it's too late because you know the stocks are a bigger portion than they were meant to be in your portfolio. Helpful information on today's show. So remember that third and fourth quarter planning to-do list if you have not done some of those items. And not just this year, if it's been a few years since you've checked in on some of these things, especially like, you know, looking at your income stream predictions and the estimates for what your pension or your social security is going to pay out. Uh, that'd be a, a little red flag that you're not maybe as well prepared as you should be for your financial future and retirement. So check in on things like that, on rebalancing, on looking at your Roth and IRA contributions where do you have opportunities for improvement? If you need some help analyzing all of these different things, that's something that Scott does for his clients all the time. You can certainly give him a call at 888-742-0111. That's 888-742-0111. If you happen to be in the greater Cleveland area or down in Bradenton, Florida, Scott's able to meet with you in those locations. Got an office in Strongsville outside of Cleveland. You can go to skyboxasset.com. That's skyboxasset.com for more information about the podcast, to listen to past episodes, Episodes of the program and to get in touch, that's skyboxasset.com. And we'll also put a link to this in the uh, description of today's show. But if you want to just schedule a time to talk with Scott right now from your smartphone or computer, you can do that on talktoscott.com. Doesn't get any easier than that. Talktoscott.com, your place to go online to schedule a visit or a conversation with Scott right now at a time that's convenient for you. Just go to talktoscott.com. <music> It's getting to know you time. Well, that sound means it's time for getting to know you, where we find out little tidbits and pieces of information about Scott each show, just to get to learn his personality a little bit better. And uh, Scott, my question for you this week. Walter, I wanted to uh, make a correction to something I said. I don't want oh, yeah. anybody panicking and thinking they needed to have their taxes done. I said April 1st, and I meant April 15th, as far as the deadline for making your IRA and Roth contributions for the previous year. So oh, I wanted yes. to correct and make sure everybody knew that. We don't want to short change anybody's, you know, ability to not have to pay the government. You know, we don't want to have people doing that two weeks earlier than they need to, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, you got two extra weeks there. Yeah, April 15th, not the first for your IRA contributions that we were discussing earlier on in the show. So thank you, Scott. Good clarification there. That's all right. We'll, we'll cut you some slack. Time to get to know you a little bit better, though, Scott, as we uh, always like to get to know your personality a little bit with some of these random questions that we come up with here on the program. Uh, my one for you this time is if money and time weren't an issue, what hobby would you pursue? Well, you know what? It's funny you ask this because I, I've been thinking about this for a while now. And, uh, you know, when I was in high school, I played the drums and I've always been musically inclined. And the one thing I would like to do and it's not expensive, it's not fancy, is I would actually like to learn to play the guitar. You always have those fantasies of rocking out in front of the mirror with your guitar, doing your guitar solo, and <laughs> I, I want to learn to play the guitar. I feel like that wouldn't be too difficult for someone who already knows another instrument, like playing the drums and that kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, it's just, again, it, the biggest thing in that, when you ask that question, is if I had the time. Right, right. Not the money part, the time part. Not the money. It's not <laughs> yeah. a big deal to play guitar, but it's the time. 
Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I think that's very neat. I just, I've tried to learn the guitar. I've tried to learn piano. I'm just not musically inclined. I don't have the skill set for it. I don't think it's, I just can never quite get past the very beginner elements. I think I would need so much time and so many reps to just pick it up and get it. It's just not something that comes natural to me, unfortunately. Well, Walter, you can always resort to whistling. That's right. Now, I am a good whistler, actually. That's one thing I can do, so. See, so you are musically inclined. Yeah, that wasn't You're any particular me. song, but just some sort of random whistling there. <laughs> People outside That's the studio good. are cocking their heads sideways right now going, what in the world's going on in there? <laughs> well, very cool. So Scott would trade in the drumsticks for some guitar strings if uh, time weren't an issue and, and pick up a new instrument there. I did not know you were a drummer, though, so that taught us something new as well. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Could you pick up the sticks right now and, you know, I don't know, what, what's the proper ver- hammer away on them or... I could pick them up right now. And, you know, occasionally every once in a while, my 10-year-old daughter, she wanted to get a drum set. So we bought her a used drum set a couple of years ago. And of course, oh, she never plays it. You know, they just sit there. So occasionally I go down there in the basement and she'll have her friends come over. She'll ask me to play for her friends on the drum set. But yet she doesn't play them. Gotcha. So. <laughs> it's like, listen to my dad. Oh, that's funny. That's awesome. Well, very cool. Thanks for filling us in on that. And uh, we'll have to bring the drum set into the studio one day and and hear you, you know, play us a song or something like that. There you go. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Well, it's time for the mailbag segment where we answer one of your questions on the program to wrap up each week. And today's comes to us from Howard in Cleveland Heights. And Howard says, now that I'm retired, Scott, I need income from my investments. Should I invest primarily in dividend paying stocks now? Well, Howard, you're opening up a Pandora's box because there are a lot of different options and everybody's situation is different. I know I say that all the time on the show, but it truly is is the case. Uh, There's a bunch of different options that you can use, but it depends on your risk. So if when you develop a whole portfolio and you're looking to get X amount of income out of there, you can utilize dividend paying stocks. You can use different bonds. There's index linked CDs that go you know with the market, uh, irregular CDs. There's non-traded you know REITs, which are real estate investment trusts. You know they pay out interest annuities. So there's a bunch of different income producing investments all the way along the risk spectrum. So what you need to do is work with a professional that, first of all, you know how much income you're going to need. Figure that out by going through the planning process. But then having that portfolio develop that's going to stay within your risk tolerance and still generate that income by utilizing all these different securities that are available that are going to generate the income for you. But if you decide to do this yourself, one thing I'm going to warn you to be careful about is the frequency of the payments. So a lot of different securities are going to pay in different times. Some are quarterly and some are monthly. And if you set it up saying, oh, look, and I'm getting 4% a year in interest and dividend income from all my investments, you're going to be surprised when all of a sudden the month one, you only get quarter of it because the rest are paying quarterly. So you just need to be aware of the frequency of the payments from a lot of the securities. Yeah, it's a really great point. And uh, it's a great question, Howard. It sounds like you're starting to think pretty deep into your retirement planning and thinking about needing income from your investments. That's a mentality shift that a lot of people miss when they start planning for retirement. And it sounds like you're already there. You're just wondering the best way to make it all happen. So very good question. Yeah, Howard, just uh, give us a call. We'll take care of you. Yeah, there you go. 888-742-0111. Again, your number to get in touch with 
Scott Searles and the team at Skybox Asset Management. If you've got a question like Howard and you want to go a little bit deeper into your own personal situation, get some customized advice and review of your plan, 888-742-0111. It's an easy process to go through, but one that does require some detail and customization into your situation. You can also schedule a time to meet with Scott once again at talktoscott.com. That's talktoscott.com. And uh, Scott will put his 20 years of experience in this financial world to good work for you to make sure you've got a great financial plan. Scott, thanks for walking us through that checklist uh, for what we need to be doing to plan for the second half of 2019. And we'll look forward to another great podcast with you next time. It's a pleasure as always. Go Tribe. Yeah, there you go. Thanks, Scott. We appreciate it. For Scott Searles, I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you next time right back here on the Retirement Toolbox. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.